0: Minehead Baptist Church 7 podcast for Sunday, the 27th of November, 2022. Hello and welcome. Thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week for Advent Sunday, we had a guest speaker, Tommy Pratt. He spoke on Advent, Arise and Shine. And the reading is Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 6. So we'll go and join Paul as he's introducing the service.
1: Good morning and welcome to Minehead Baptist Church on the first Sunday of Advent, Ooh. which basically to all our, our, our young folk means, including today, there are just four Sundays left between now and Christmas. How cool is that? There's just a couple of notices for the day. They are uh, as follows. Um, if you're a bit cold, it's because we have had a problem with the heating. So, if you're a bit cold, you need to keep your jacket on or wrap up a bit warm. Please excuse us. It's just one of those things we can't do anything about, I'm afraid. Yeah. I kind of almost want to say on the screen, I need a sign that says, The heating's broke, get charismatic. Something along along those lines. Anyway, but you get my drift, don't you? Let's just worship God in His beauty and in spirit and truth. Secondly, to. to, uh, say so my apologies if you think the decorations are over the top. It was the youth group that did them. All, con- all complaints to Richard, please. Thirdly, I'm going to invite Lorraine to come up and just sort of share a bit about um, next week's fair, fair at the Hub.
2: Good morning, my church family. Good to see you this morning. Yes, it is the fair next Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Please make sure everybody knows um, that you can to come. Just a couple of things. Um, if you are making a cake um, for the cake stall, specifically the smaller versions, if it's mince pies, scones, anything like that, um, could you please talk to Tanya? Tanya, stand up, turn round, sit down, that's it. Before you leave today, just so we know um, who's bringing things. And we do need to know the ingredients because of um, allergens and things like that. So if you could talk to her, that would be wonderful. I do need some help. It's a busy week for me this week. Um, so, if you have some spare time, could you see me afterwards? I need some presents wrapping for a very important person. Say the important
1: person is not me, and they're not our present. No,
2: no, 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 no. They're for, for the fair, okay? So, if you can do some present wrapping this week, I would be grateful. So, thank you very much. <laughs>
3: That's-
1: and then, just to give you some a reminder of today, uh, Tommy, Tommy Pratt. Hi, Tommy, wherever you are. Oh, there you are. Is <laughs> preaching today. As Tommy explores, as we explore with him, that sense of is Tommy called to be the minister in training here, with responsibility for youth and children at NBC. After the service, there will be coffee, and after that, they'll bring a bring and share lunch. Now, if you've not come prepared, can I invite you still to stay? To lunch, There's so much food out there, it's, it's like, it's amazing. So can I invite you, to, if you've not come prepared, if you've come here for the first time today, if you're wondering what the earth this church is all about, please join us for a bring and share lunch after the service. And then at about 2, 2.15 there'll be a question and answer session open to everyone who calls NBC their church family to come and listen to Tommy and hear his story. And to have that chance of understanding him better. We're going to end our day together at Church at Four, where we'll come and pray with Tommy and for him. And pray that God will give us that sense of discernment too. Therefore, there is no tea after Church at Four this week. So, just let you know Church at Four, but no tea thereafter. And this coming Tuesday, the 29th at 7 o'clock, there will be a special church members meeting. We'll meet at seven o'clock with just one resolution, that is to say, whether God is calling Tommy to the role of minister in training here. In reality, friends, it's about discerning the mind of Christ. Now, if you have a, a thought and you're not able, or you because you're not a member, you, it's not possible for you to be at the church meeting. Can you let me know, and I'll try to amalgamate all of that together, and, and let the church meeting know your thoughts, friends. Lastly, but not leastly, it's my sad duty to let you know that in the week George McLean passed away Uh, and as uh, as we had a quick message this morning from Paul just to say uh, dad's now at peace be good to remember George before the Lord let's bring him bring Paul bring the family before God Father we thank you for George for the saint he was and for the fact that he is safe in the arms of his loving Lord Lord, at this time, we pray that those words of Jesus, that those that more may be comforted, may be truly special and real to Paul and the rest of the family. And we thank you, Lord, that by the grace of God, we will one day see him again, worshipping you as he was always made to worship. So thank you, Lord, and bless you for our brother in Christ and the fact that he is now with you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Paul and Lorraine, over to you for some worship.
4: Okay. Uh, We'll stand to sing our first hymn Crown Him with Many Crowns.
3: First of all, I need five volunteers, preferably younger volunteers, rather than anyone over um, whatever. Okay, come on in. One, two, three, four. Come on in. And a fifth one. Right, number five, come on, you, please. I hope I got this right. Right, okay. If we can take the collection while we're just setting up ready, because this will take a couple of seconds. If you can grab a second. Something completely different. No problem in a minute. Yes, yeah, I think we're just about there. We just had a technical problem with one of the uh, lights. Okay, right, if we can go with the music then. And if you can all stand up for this, and if you can all take part as well. Okay, this will warm you up, if nothing else does. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, if you can sit... Uh, just pray uh, as, the go out.
4: as the children go out, let's just pray for them. Father, we thank you for all the children that you've given us and all the young people. Father, would you bless them as they leave and uh, as they practice their nativity, Lord. Just bless that time and we thank you for the teachers that give up their time so freely too. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, uh, Mike, if we could have the reading.
0: Our reading this morning is from Isaiah. Uh, Chapter 60, verses 1 to 6. The light and the glory of Zion. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assembled are come to you. Your sons come from afar, your daughters are carried on the arm. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land, young camels of Midian and Ephah. And all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. (coughs) Amen. Thanks be to God.
4: Thank you, Mike. The psalmist says, I will sing to the Lord, for he has been good to me. And our next song um, is, I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails. Um, I was reminded we heard some Really moving testimonies when we were at Lee Abbey of some of our church family. How God had broken into their lives and uh, just changed them completely. I I really had a lump in my throat when I heard it. And as we look back on our own lives and and conscious of his goodness and his faithfulness. um, After we sing, we'll stay in an attitude of prayer. And there will be an open time for us to respond to his goodness and his faithfulness. So if God puts a a prayer on your heart, please speak it out. Stand to sing, um, I love you Lord. Tommy as he comes to speak. Father, we want to thank you for Tommy. Pray that you'll guide his thoughts and bless him as he spends this day among us. Father, would you speak to us through his words? And Father, we pray that you would lead him and guide him in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. <laughs> uh, um, just as we were praying, I was just really struck. Um, I was just really struck by this this feeling that, like, with Advent and all that we're celebrating, if nothing else, it speaks of how God is faithful. Um, and honestly, I could have just stood there, like, as we were declaring how God's been faithful in our lives, I could have just stood there for a... The entire service just listening um, not that that means I'm trying to get out of preaching <laughs> um, so yeah um, I was thinking about this sermon throughout the week and initially I was I was fairly nervous because I was thinking oh no there is there is like there's only six verses here and I have so much time to talk about it all. I don't know if I'll have enough to talk about in that time, but as I prepared more and more of this uh, sermon, I was praying and reflecting on it. It was one of those things where I was like, "Oh no, there is so much good stuff to talk about here." Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited to talk um, and preach to you guys this morning, and it's a real privilege. So thank you. Um, so yeah, Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 to 6. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And I also see I've left out verse 6 in my notes, but that's okay. God is good. Um, uh, Isaiah is a book that is speaking prophetically to the leaders of Israel and Judah about the injustice that they are committing and the judgment that's going to come their way if they do not repent and turn to the Lord. So that's, that's one element of Isaiah. But also another element of Isaiah is that it continuously speaks of a future hope where God is faithful to fulfill his promises to his people. And so, through the ups and downs of everything that goes on in Isaiah chapter 60, um, Isaiah, we, we come to the passage of chapter 60, verses 1 to 5. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people's But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you'll look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the sea on the seas will be brought to you, and to you the riches of the nations will come. There's a lot going on in this passage, and it's speaking of a, a time at the end of time where God will be united with his people, and all of the nations are going to worship together with the Lord. And it also talks of this time when all the riches of the world are going to be brought to Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem, And we will be there worshipping and our hearts are going to be throbbing with pure joy as we are with our God. But, whilst this is a great, great passage, it comes right at the end of a very, very sophisticated book. Um, And the passage that we just read comes right at the end here. And so, if we want to appreciate what is really a climactic passage... In the same way that if we want to appreciate the climax in a movie, we need to watch the beginning of the movie in order to appreciate it. And if we want to appreciate the climax of a a beautiful song, we need to listen to the beginning of the song. Um, Likewise, I think to understand the depth and the significance of what we've just read, um, we're going to have to have a bit of a look at the story that's led to this point. And so the thing is, Isaiah is assuming that you already know the entire backstory of the Bible up until this point. Um, And so I'm going to assume that everyone here hasn't fully memorized the the entirety of the Old Testament up until this point, um, because I haven't. And um, we're going to briefly go back in time, and we're going to go to the beginning of Scripture up until Isaiah and see how God has been faithful up until this point. And then at the end, with all of that in mind, we're going to then reread Isaiah 60, verses 1 to 5, in that light, with that backstory in mind. And so, first passage we go to is Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. And now it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. I will curse the one who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then similarly, in chapter 22, he says to Abraham, Indeed, I will greatly bless you. I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So there's a, there's a promise here from God that despite the unfaithfulness of God's people, God wants to make them into a blessing for all the nations. God is going to be faithful to his people and work through them to make God's chosen people a blessing to all the nations. And so, as we continue in the story, these descendants grow into the people of Israel. And they end up in slavery in Egypt for a time, but God rescues them and then brings them to Mount Sinai, where the Lord says to Abraham, um, Abraham's descendants in Exodus 19, he says this, Now then, if you'll, indeed obey my, if you'll indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my possession among all the peoples for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So here we see that God has continued his promise to to Abraham's descendants. He says that they will be a nation of priests and a blessing to the rest of the world. However, as we continue on this story we see how Abraham's family, Abraham's descendants, continue to essentially mess up and fail to live up to the calling that they've been given. They accuse God of unfaithfulness. They start worshipping other gods. They commit various atrocities, which I'm not going to mention here. Um, so, despite all this, God is faithful to keep his promises to his people and raises up for them a king named David. David. And you think that this David, the same David who uh, took down Goliath with a sling, you'd think that he would be an ideal king to lead Israel into their role as a blessing to the nations. Um, but even David had his faults. Um, in, the, in the book of Samuel, it records how he commits adultery and then tries to cover up the adultery by having someone murdered. So... It's not ideal. And so, so far it seems that none of the people are able to fulfill this role of of being a blessing to the nations that God wants them to be, that God is calling them into. But God is faithful to keep his promises to his people. God says this to, to David. When your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers... I will raise up your descendant after you who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. And so God is saying here that after David, one of his descendants is going to be a faithful king who will lead God's people to to righteousness, who will lead them in the way that God has called them to be this blessing to the nations, and that this king, he's not just going to rule for a time; he is going to rule forever and ever. Now, David wasn't that king. Neither was um, Saul or Solomon. Abraham, Moses—none of these people were were able to fulfil this role, for that matter. So, this 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 image of the of the this. Davidic messianic king who will rule the nations forever so when we uh, when we come to the book of Isaiah all these promises have happened so far and we are anticipating oh boy I am excited let's see if Israel has become this faithful nation a blessing to the nations and let's see if the Davidic king is going to come and and this image here I'm just like they are so excited to to read Isaiah I sure hope that the that that Israel is going to be this wonderful nation How, fa- how the faithful city has become a harlot. She who was full of justice. Righteousness once lodged in her, but now they are murderers. And so, we, as we're reading the story up until this point, we're like, no! Like, ah, oh, this. Not again? Your rulers are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone seems to love a bribe, everyone chases after all horns. They do not defend the orphan, nor does the widow's plea come before them. It just feels like Israel is continually in such a bad spiritual state that there's no chance that this royal Davidic king is going to come. There's no chance this Messiah could possibly come to them. It feels honestly quite hopeless. Yet, God is faithful to keep his promises to his people. And throughout Isaiah, this is one of the main themes of the book. So if we see in Isaiah chapter 2, despite what we've seen here, in Isaiah it says, now it will come about that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills and the nations will stream to it. And he will judge between the nations... Sorry, I left that one out. Um, (laughs) Take my word; it's in the it's it's in here. (laughs) Isaiah two. um, He will be this uh, the mount. I'll, I'll start again. Now it will come about that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established as the chief of the mountains, and will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. He will judge between the nations and will render decisions for many peoples. And they will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation and never again will they learn of war. So we're like, okay. So there is still hope? And then, and then later on, we have this amazing famous passage in Isaiah chapter nine where it says about this messianic king, for to us a child is born To us, the son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and the peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time forth and forever. Okay, so we're back on track. Despite Israel's unfaithfulness... God is still faithful to keep his promises to his people. A hope that he will bring all the nations into peace, he will reign on the throne of David forever and ever, and that these people will be the priestly blessing to the rest of the nations. And then it gets even better in Isaiah 11. Then a shoot will spring from the stem of Jesse, that is David's father, so a descendant will come from David's family, and a And a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and strength. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And he will not judge by what his eyes see, nor make a decision by what his ears hear. And then going later on to verse 6, it says, The wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the young goat, the calf of the young lion and the fatling together, and a little boy will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, the young will lie down together, the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra, and the wean child will put his hand on the viper's den. So as we can see, no matter how bad things get, God is faithful to keep his promises to his people. Um, God promises that a new king will grow out of the family line of David. This king is going to be amazing. He's going to have the spirit of God, which empowers him to rule Israel. And all nations will bring about perfect justice. Not only that, but the creation itself is going to undergo a transformation. Um, We can think a lot about what that's going to look like, but here, poetically, the Jew, for the Jews, it looked like lions, bears, wolves, and cobras playing and snuggling with lambs, calves, and baby humans. This image of peace and no longer violence. The king of this, the king who will bring this transformation, will become a rallying point for all the nations. And so, we've read up, to, we've read all of this in Isaiah so far, and then we're like anticipating. Okay, so this king is coming. This king is coming. Great. And. So we're just anticipating that this king is going to come. And so the next Davidic king that comes in the story of Isaiah is Hezekiah. And so we're we're reading the passage in Isaiah chapter 39 where it talks about Hezekiah. He's been faithful so far. He he, he has trusted on the Lord for his protection, for the flourishing of Israel. However, whilst he is faithful at first, eventually... He shows off his treasure to the Babylonians in the hope that they would become military allies, which is basically him saying, God, I don't trust in your provision, in your protection, so I'm just going to look to these, these, these military people to be in my protection. And so we're there, and we're like, again? <laughs> and so Isaiah says to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord Almighty. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all, of your pred- all that your predecessors have stored up until this day will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. And some of your descendants, your own flesh and blood, who will be born to you, will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And then Hezekiah, in response to this, says, The word of the Lord you, you have spoken is good, for he thought, at least there will be peace and security in my lifetime. It's like there's gonna be destruction in Israel, all your descendants are gonna be carried off, terrible things are gonna to happen to your children. But at least good things will happen to me. And the Bible talks about him as being one of the good kings. So yeah, Isaiah come, Isaiah 39 comes to a close. The Babylonian invasion has taken place. Israel's destroyed, people taken away to a faraway land. It seems that all our hopes have been worked up, yet again. Hezekiah was not the promised king; he failed too, just like David and Solomon and all the other, all the rest. Those divine promises of a future king from the line of David are left hanging, um, as the people are now in, uh, the people of Israel are now in exile. Yes, again. God is faithful to keep his promises to his people. Because whilst his people are in exile, God declares the following to Israel. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put upon him my spirit, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. And then in chapter 49, it says... Listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb. From the body of my mother he has named me. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory. And then later on in verse 6 it says, I will also make you a light to the nations so that all of my salvation will reach to the end of the earth. So we're back on track again. Can the promises get any better? They do, absolutely. Because what we have in Isaiah 52 and 53 is one of the most beautiful passages about this, 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 this servant of God, this one who's going to come and rule the nations. Isaiah 52, verse, starting at verse 13. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them, they will see. And what they had not heard, they will understand. And then going on into verse 53, in verse 5, it says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And and by his wounds, by his scourging, we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of all of us to fall on him. So this figure will show the glory of the Lord, not just by leading his people in righteousness, but by being pierced and destroyed for the punishment that we deserve, and bearing our sins upon his shoulder. But the earlier promises says that he will reign forever, and here it says that he's going to be destroyed. Is he going to be destroyed forever? No, because God is always faithful to keep his promises to his people. Though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin in verse 10 of Isaiah 53, he will make he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. So, we have this mysterious servant who will live after his death. And through this, God's people will find righteousness through no merit of their own. Now, I wouldn't blame you if you thought we were reading from the New Testament, um, there's a reason that Jesus and the apostles quote this book more than any other prophetic book of the Old Testament. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's wonderful. And, and so, with all of this in mind, um, we will read Isaiah 60 verses 1 to 5 again. But let's recall everything that's been promised so far. God promises that a messianic figure will come for his people, the spirit of the Lord will be upon him and he will be full of God's glory. He will die for us and rise again to show this glory as a light to the nations and he'll bring peace on earth. Then all these nations will come to the new Jerusalem to worship the Lord. This is the backstory that you'll have in your mind, if, like, that you would have in your mind as you're reading this as a Jew. Arise, shine, shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you, so the riches, and to you, the riches of the nations will come. Could someone read the final verse, uh, verse 6 of the passage? aloud? So you see, thank you. So you see, for the Jews, Isaiah chapter 60 would not take place until this messianic figure had returned and done all he had needed to do. And whilst this was a hope for the Jews, for us as, as Christians, thousands of years onwards, this is something that has been fulfilled in part by Jesus, who we know to be the promised Messiah, Messiah that was speak, spoken of in Isaiah. We know that Jesus was aware of this relationship he had with this passage because it's the very next chapter, Isaiah 61, that he quotes to the people when he says, my spirit, the, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And so with all that said and done, I want to bring you just two points to reflect on as we enter into this, this Advent season, this anticipation of, of the coming of Jesus. Let us look forward to the 25th of December with excitement because it's the the day that we celebrate the story of Jesus who was faithful to keep his promises to his people. The promise of a Messiah who would arrive for his people by being born in a manger so that he could bring peace on earth with mercy mild. And then, um, second point I'll bring is if we go back to verse 3 it says that the Lord's glory shines on you and nations will come to your light and, bring, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. God, it's saying here that God's light is shining upon us and that people will be attracted to us and that people will come because of the light that's shining upon us. God wishes to use us to bring his world into peace. And are we not meant to be a light to the world, as Jesus said? It is through his Holy Spirit shining on and shining through his church that spears and swords will ultimately be turned into pruning forks and plowshares. As I said two weeks ago, this is something that will come into fulfillment when you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. Because when we do that and let the Lord shine upon us, we're helping bring this this beautiful second advent, as well as the first advent of Jesus when he was born, but this second advent of the second coming of Jesus, we bring that moment one moment closer every time we are faithful to Jesus. And I would just put it out to anyone here who wouldn't call themselves a Christian or you're exploring we have had this Messiah come, and he has done what he needs to do to forgive us of our sins. There are things that we're ashamed of, that were things that we that we regret doing, but Christ is willing to take that upon himself and show us his unconditional love. And also, there is hope that we can participate in this amazing, amazing opportunity to be a light to the nations. And so, I would encourage anyone who hasn't made a commitment to be a Christian, I would encourage you to think about it. And I'm, I'm sure there'll be people at the end of the congregation to pray with you if that's something you would like to do. I think I'll pray and then uh, we'll continue on with the next part of the service. We thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful to keep your promises to your people. We thank you that you were faithful at the very beginning with Abraham, and at going forward through Moses and to David and to Solomon and to Hezekiah and to all the people of Israel. That despite despite our unwillingness, you were very willing to keep your end of the bargain. You were willing to come down. You were willing to come down as a baby, and to grow and become the fulfilled Messiah who would take away the sins of the world and help us to be a light that shines to the nations so that we can all be a blessing to all the nations. I pray for everyone here that you would stir up in us a desire to to reflect and ponder how we can be that light shining um, to those around us so that that glorious day will come one moment closer every time we are faithful. We ask all these things in your mighty, wonderful, precious name. Amen.
4: Thank you Thank you, Tommy. We'll consider our, um, we'll carry on with our worship and, and stand to sing our next song. In the darkness, you are waiting. We, we sang it last week, a, a great Advent song. we learned at Lee Abbey, if you'd like to stand to sing.
1: There are some songs that kind of sometimes move me to say, I love the instruments, but actually God loves your voice. Mm. And and he loves my voice, even though it's a bit off tune. And he loves your voice. And I don't care how your voice sounds to you. To God, it sounds amazing. It's awesome. It's you in worship. And so I wonder if we could uh, just have the chorus up, because I'm not sure I'm going to manage the verse. (laughs) But by the by, how good to sing just with our voices to God. How good to praise him. So let's, let's do that now with a Thank you. Here we go. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory. And once again. Let's praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit. To the King of kings. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. That's who we praise. We don't praise some sort of amorphous God or some empty God or some powerless God. We don't praise a God that means nothing and does nothing. We praise a God that has loved and is love. We praise the God of all time and all effort and uh, Isaiah's God. We praise the God of God and the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. And we praise you, Lord, because the reality is, as Advent reminds us, one day you will come again. And in that coming again, you will take all to be with you. So, Father God, we praise the name of the Father. We praise the name of the Son. And we praise the name of the Holy Spirit. Our God, three in one. Trinity. Divine. Majesty. Awesome God. Accept the prayers and the praise of your people, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please, friends, please be seated. We're going to uh, turn to our prayers of intercession. Uh, two things to say. One thing to say. Has anybody noticed the addition to church this morning? What's new in church this morning? Oh, There's the sparkles. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Anything else? Heck, someone's seen it. How about an amazing star? As we go through this Advent People Advent series, those folk that are, are involved in visual worship here, there'll be things popping up all over the place. As my best way I think I've got to put it in it. So, so, so actually, as you come into church you should be able to engage with some of those visual things of worship. Thank you, Mike, for the sorry? Did we get a donkey? I don't know. <laughs> That's the truthful answer. I don't know. I don't know. But I will say this I'm not cleaning up after it. <laughs> The, the reality is, that, that star, that, that reading from Isaiah, arise, let your light shine. An amazing passage. And it reminded me of some prayers that, that once I used. Uh, they're prayers of intercession and they're based upon Revelation chapter 21. Because I'm going to spoil, you know, there's a spoiler alert here to everyone out there. We win. And more particularly, God wins. And because he wins, we win. And if you follow that, you'll know what I mean. But the truth of the matter is that Revelation 21 reminds us of that second coming. This is what, and I'm going to read some words that John writes, and I'm going to ask you to do something. We're going to do some prayers of response this morning to the words, see, I am making all things new. Can I ask you to respond with the words, amen, make all things new. It's not difficult, I promise you, we'll give it a go, ready? See, I am making all things new, amen. Amen. Make all things new. Let's pray together. And friends, we pray for this world because we have hope. John writes this in Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned, For her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people's, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the old order of things has passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write these words, for they are trustworthy and true. And then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. So this morning, Lord. We come with our prayers of intercession, with our prayers for others, with those words of John's revelation ringing in our ears, with the words of Isaiah that say, arise and shine as a challenge to us. We pray at this Advent time for those who are lonely, for those who are, even as we speak, making decisions about putting the heating on or eating, and cannot afford both. We pray in the hope and in the promise that the home of God will be among people, that God will dwell with us, that we, be, we will be his people, that we will shine the good news of Jesus Christ, and that God himself will be honoured. Bring before those in your hearts that you know who are lonely or isolated. Lord, you said, See, I am making all things new. And we reply, Amen, make all things new. We pray for those who are crying, the sad, the, des- the depressed, and the anxious. We hope in the promise that God will wipe every tear from our eyes. And we bring before you those now who we know who are sad and who know tears. Lord, you said, see, I am making all things new. Amen. Make all things new. We pray for those who are experiencing the consequences of death, the bereaved for those who mourn. But we hold on to and hope in the promise that death and mourning will be no more. We bring before you the family of George. And of those others that are suffering. Because Lord you said, I am making all things new. Amen. Make all things new. We pray for those in pain, suffering from illness, either physical or mental. We hope in the promise that crying and pain will be no more. We pray for those who are thirsty for truth, love and grace. Those who seek God in his life with earnest hearts. Our hope is, our prayer is, that those who thirst for truth may know and find and love you. And that without cost, you will give them waters from the spring of life. Lord, you said, see, I am making all things new. Amen. Make all things new. Lord, your words are trustworthy and true. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And therefore, we come before you this morning with all of our prayers and bring them before you and pray all of this in the powerful and hopeful and majestic and loving and awesome name of jesus christ amen friends we are going to sing something that tommy mentioned the actual words he mentioned i think now when he said about being the light of the world
4: okay we'll stand to sing
1: Arise, shine and let your light shine before men so that you are able this week and at all times to be able to join with Jude as he says to him who is able to keep you from failing and falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen.
0: To leave a comment, please go to mindhead baptistcom slash sermons. Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.